former tumbling director at World Cup <laughs> in Freehold, New Jersey. Now in Arizona at Top Gun, Arizona. Everybody make some noise. Ramel, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you for having me, man. <laughs> to be back on again. I, I like that yeah, announcement, by the way. I get it. <laughs> hey, I just, just throwing it out there. Anyone who's looking for a new spot, call your boy before you make any decisions. Man, I called you. Bailey came out to the car. And we had just wrapped up practice, and um, you know I'm sitting in the car, you know, sending texts, answering emails. He knows what I'm doing, and then Bailey comes up to my window, and she's like, "Ramel went to Top Gun, Arizona." Oh, Ramel, who? <laughs> <laughs> I called you so quick, man. Wait, hold on. I know. I got to. I got on here immediately. I got a few. Yeah, I got a few phone calls immediately. It was. Yeah, you sure. And we didn't. We didn't make it public. Uh, what was going on? So, but. You know, we're we're excited here. We're here in Arizona now, so kids are work. Kids are great. Everybody's working hard, so I'm excited to be in the West Coast. Yeah, man, dude, welcome. And 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 truly, even though you know I've given you a lot of crap over it these last couple of weeks, I really am happy for you. Um, and I I really hope it's everything that you're that you're looking for. So, you know, you're gonna be great out that. there. You're gonna kill it as always. And so, yeah, happy for you and the move. And just you know, I wish you guys nothing but the best of luck out there. So, anyway. Let's uh let's get let's get cracking on these letters. You got A through E, so let's start it off. We got A for angles. So what are the different angles used for and how do we train these different angles in tumbling? For sure. So angles, so we we teach a lot about striking angles every time we tumble. I mean, it literally is everything, right? So I always tell my athletes or even coaches when I'm speaking at conferences, if you pull one foot in front of you, you're on the balls of your feet when you pull one foot in front of you, right? So the reason why what um what we use that for is for, let's say, multiple handsprings or for punch fronts or anything front tumbling, right? When we're trying to speed, when we're trying to go backwards when we uh, for back handsprings or you're trying to go up for punch fronts, layouts, front pulls. So then if we pull our foot behind us, I always ask, all right, what part of your foot are you on? And they say, again, on the ball of our feet. All right, now we're striking with our feet behind us. What will we use that for? Well, we do that for takeoffs for back handsprings anytime you want to go up for tucks, layout pulls, and doubles. So they have to understand striking angles, right? We never take off with our feet directly underneath us. We start with our feet underneath us and we do say stand in tucks or stand in bowls. But basically tumbling is you're, you're transitioning from your feet in front of you or your feet behind you, possibly depending what skill you're trying to perform at the end. So I, I do a lot of drills for striking angles, whether I do a back handspring where you land with your feet behind you and you rebound back onto the mat or you're doing, for punch runs, you're doing assembly where you're punching the floor and rebounding back onto the mat so that our athletes understand, you know, okay, I'm building up all this momentum. Where do I need to strike for that momentum to go the right direction, right? A lot of people think, a lot of athletes think, well, if I need to go higher, right? Like, let's say they land a little short under top. They're like, all right, well, I need to go higher. So let me full on sprint run from the corner because obviously if I go faster, I'm going to go higher. Well, that doesn't necessarily work that way. If you go faster and you don't strike in a deeper angle, you're just going to keep traveling back. So you have to change this direction of travel. Same thing like with your back handsprings, right? There's two types of back handsprings. There's the back handspring that you're pushing away from the floor and you're sweeping your feet in front of you. And then there's the back handspring where you're pushing away and you're striking with your feet behind you. So you got to know the difference in the striking angles and what happens, the physics of what happens, the mechanics of it all, or else you're just, you know, you're, you, and I, I was actually coaching a kid yesterday and I was like, Hey, listen, you know, you might get lucky once, maybe twice, 
but you're not going to get lucky every time. You got to know exactly what you're doing and, and how it works and the mechanics of it and the physics of Dumbo. And that has everything to do with striking angles. So it's very, very important that we train those. Dude, great answer. It sounds like, so when you train the striking angle to go up for like our layouts, fulls, doubles, you have them on a panel mat, they back handspring off the panel mat, re-back, rebound back onto the panel mat. And then you said for punch fronts, they start on the panel mat, they jump off of the panel mat, and then they rebound back onto the panel mat. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. So whether we do it from a standing back handspring or we do it from a power hurdle roundout back handspring, you strike with your feet behind you and then you rebound mm-hmm. back onto the mat. Trying to teach them that, you know, what happens with your momentum. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll take an athlete and I'll have her, him or her, I'll have them put their hands on my shoulder and then they're, they're like this. So then when I say, okay, where's your momentum going when you're doing a back handspring? They're like, well, it's going backwards. I'm like, correct. So if I push you backwards, what happens to your body? It straightens up. Correct. That's what's going to happen to you when you rebound in the air. Now, if you strike with your feet underneath you and I push you back, where's your momentum going to go? Travel back. And if your feet are in front of you, where are you going to go? Back. So I try to explain to them the physics of everything so that they could get a better grasp of, you know, where, where's that momentum going? Dude, great. And then give me one drill for training angles for back handsprings. Like you want to do multiple back handsprings. Okay. So one of my favorite drills that I like to do is we, a lot of us do it in a, in a round off where we overturn our round offs and we land on our backs. You know, some of us do it on, on a wedge or off a wedge. So I do something very similar to it where same thing, I, I'll fold up if it's a big wedge, I'll fold it up. They'll stand on top of it. They'll do a back handspring off of it. I'll put another wedge open on the end where, and then I'll put a crash mat on it. So when they're doing their back handspring, they oversweep and they try to tap the equipment, whether it's the wedge and then land on their back. So they're doing it off of somewhere where it's elevated into somewhere that's soft, but they're over rotating and sweeping through. So their feet tap the mat. Yeah. Trying to get some feet training going, open up their, open up their shoulders, feet, feet pull through and they're tapping the mat into it. There we go. Absolutely love that. All right, man, let's move on to B. For, or actually, before we get to B, because I didn't even, I spent so much time on the on the PSA. We even, I, I, I kind of introduced you. But go ahead, tell the people real quick who you are, different hats you've worn in the industry. All right, well, uh, my name is, like Jason said, my name is Romel Asuna. I am the former tumbling director at World Cup. I worked with all the elite athletes there, including shooting stars, twinkles, and starlight. Then I currently just moved to Arizona, uh, Top Gun, Arizona, and I'm currently the tumbling director here. I also am the lead instructor for Gen Next Infinity. I expanded it. You know, we started in America, then we went to Australia, London, and we got one more to announce. And I'm also the founder of Tumble for Truth, which is a nonprofit organization which what we do is we run tumbling clinics all over the country and we donate everything to our uh, veterans. So last, we actually donated just over $100,000 since we were established. So last year we donated $30,000 to our veterans and to service animals. So, you know, thank you for all the programs that supported us. And, you know, we're, we're continuing to do that this year as well. So we look forward to it. There we go. Love it. Great stuff, man. You're killing it out there with everything you touch. All right, here we go. So let's get to B for bounding. Talk to me about bounding. I'm a new coach. I don't even know what the heck bounding is so talk to me about it coaches and owners as choreography ends and comp season is around the corner running your first full out is coming up soon and if you're like most coaches you just hit play and pray but luckily for you i have a preparing for full outs system a step-by-step week-by-week system that will get your team ready to start throwing full out routines join me september 23rd and set your team up for success heading into the comp season link in the show notes to sign up today 
Balin is basically trying to do two skills where your hands aren't touching the ground, right? So like, uh, let's go for a whip top, for example, a whip top or a whip layout or even a whip Arabian. It depends how, you know, elite you want to go with this, but Balin is basically full whip doubles, stuff like that. So it's basically you're replacing, you know, sometimes the handspring with the whip. And then you have to make sure that you hit in the right striking angles to make sure you stand up. So all these bound in passes, you know, if you're doing a round off whip tuck, for example, right? When we talked about angles, we want our feet in front of us in our round off. You want to stretch out that back answer where you're striking with your feet behind you so you can stand up for the tucks. Same way when you go into layouts, fulls, or doubles, you want to be in a deeper angle so then you can stand up into it. You know, when I try to explain whips to, to our athlete, there's two types of whip. There's the whip that we don't bound, which is a whip handspring, and it's the whip that we do bound, which we want it to be low and longer into it. Depending on the skills that you're trying to throw, depends on the striking angle that you're trying to come out of it, but for the, for the most part, they're all going to strike with your feet behind you to go up, because usually you end with a whip tuck or a whip layout or a whip pull or a whip double. The more elite athletes are going to go whip Arabian through to something else, through to double or something like that. So I love bounding. The way I love to train them is I do everything on a tumble track and I do it standing. So if I'm trying to teach somebody a round up with double, I'm gonna teach them on the tumble track a back handspring with top. I'm sorry, if I'm trying to teach somebody a round off with top, I'm I will go on the tumble track and teach them a round off, I'm sorry, a handspring with top. So I take away the round off and I replace it with the handspring. So then when I go back on the floor and I do the round off, it becomes easier. Mm, that makes sense. And what are the biggest differences you see or coaches should look out for or train with, like you said, the, the whip going into the handspring and then the whip going into an aerial skill? Okay, so two types of whips, right? One is going to be a little bit higher where they have to land with their feet in front of them out of the whip, and then they're going to absorb and then re rebound, basically rebound into that back handspring. Right? They're going to absorb, then they're going to go through the back handspring. When you're bounded into a whip tuck, you're going to strike with your feet behind you and you're not absorbing, you're not jumping into a tuck, you're rebounding into it. So your legs are straight, they're landing behind you, and then you're rebounding into it. So the one of the biggest common mistakes that we see um, in whip tucks is that they they absorb out of their whip. So they do a whip, they bend their legs, and then they jump into a tuck. I always explain bounding should be like a seesaw, right? So this is, this is a seesaw. If my whip is low, my tuck full and double is going to be high. So I want a low whip for a high tuck layout full or double. Once my whip starts getting higher we start getting in trouble because now my whip and my tuck or my layout, my full, my whatever I'm trying to throw is the same height, which it shouldn't be. Once we start doing this, we're in a lot of trouble because now my whip is too high and my tuck's going to be on the ground. So we want it to be low whip, creates high aerial skills. So it's like a seesaw is the way I explain it to my app. Make the whip low, you'll get more height. Once your whip starts getting high, our end, like our end skill is going to start getting lower. Once it gets too high, you're going to fall basically. So we yeah. want to make sure that it stays low so that end scale could be high. And that's the way I like to explain to them, just like a seesaw. Perfect. There we go. All right, let's move on to C for core. So tell me different ways to train the core. And then how important is the core when it comes to tumbling? So, I mean, I train everything with the core, open tucks with the core, right? Our back handsprings, our round off, our turnovers, everything you're squeezing really tight, handstand, squeezing tight in our handstand. So as simple as just, you know, holding a lunge, going into a handstand, squeezing your core, engaging your core, shrugging your shoulders, lifting your toes up towards the ceiling in our handstand, that's going to then transition to all our tumbling. When you teach tucks, you know, we teach tucks, we teach open tucks. Why do we teach open tucks? Well, that requires you to engage your core. As soon as you drop your hands or your knees comes to your chest and you're pulling, you're engaging other muscles, 
Well, those muscles you don't use when you're doing a layout. So if you can't do an open top, you can't properly perform a layout because you have to make sure that you engage your core when you're doing the top, which is the same muscles you're going to engage when you do a layout. When I tweet, when I teach folds or double folds, well, more folds, I teach with my arms up my fold. I do a half of my arms up and then I do a full with my arms up. Every drill that I teach for fulls, my arms are up. Why? Because I want them to engage their core and I want them to initiate the twist with their hips and not with their shoulder. We see a lot of twisted that when they're here, when they go to twist, they drop their shoulders and then they're arching their back. And then you'll see the fold that looks like this and they're wondering, well, what's going on? Why can't I double? Well, that's because you didn't engage your core and initiate it with your hip. But majority of the problem starts you know, in the round offs or in the tucks, ask them to do an open tuck and they probably can't do a core tuck. And that's why they can't properly perform a real layout, which affects a true full. So everything, everything has a domino effect. I mean, the core, you know, the, I mean, we, we're constantly training the core. Like you have, you have to, the core is what connects your shoulders and your hips, right? If you're not engaging your core, it's going to be in pieces. So if you came into, I'm not saying you did this at, at Top Gun, but if you just go into like any gym, you do a tumbling clinic. Is that like your thing? Like, hey guys, we're to, we're working, but before we move on, you're all going to show me open tucks. Like we're going to do open tucks. That's like the thing that we're going to do when I'm here in front of you. Oh, that's the only way. I, I won't even, yep. that, that, yes, absolutely. You have to do an open tuck. Some people call it a core tuck in order to do a layout. If you're working on a full and you cannot show me an open top. I mean, realistically, you shouldn't be working on a full. And I tell them, I'm like, hey, listen, so this is why. And I explain it to them. I go, well, this is why. Because in order to do an open top, you have to engage these muscles, which you have to engage them then in a layout, which we need them to spin. So that's the difference between having a full and it's your full competable. And that's what I explain to them. I'm like, listen, it's not that you don't have a, a layout. I'm sure you do, but is it competable? Is your full competable every time? So that 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 has to do with open tucks and the core. Like I said, that is a that is a must. If you're a level five athlete or a level four athlete, we teach core tucks. I mean, even when I teach a regular tuck, I teach an open tuck when I'm teaching them a regular tuck. And I tell them, okay, like, hey, obviously you'll never compete this, but I'm gonna teach you to, to set because it forces you to set, right? Now you're not throwing your head back into it. It forces you to set and it forces you to do hip drive because you have to squeeze your core. That's the only thing that's going to rotate you is pulling your hips up. Love it, man. All right, man, let's move right along. Let's go to D for double fulls. So give me like your favorite drill, some prerequisites and, you know, talk to me about the, and some tips for the double full. For sure. So the double full, the first thing, right, we got to make sure that we have a proper full. Um, majority of the time, the reason why athletes can't land double fulls because they don't do enough of a layout. So we do, you do a lot of layouts. Athletes hate doing layouts. They love going from tucks to fulls, right? So we do a lot of layouts, real true layout, which is why we do open tucks. So from open tuck, you do a real, real layout, not a kind of sort of layout, not like I kind of Googled this, like a real true layout. You're looking at your toes, rounding out your back, hips to your hands, right? Once you're able to do that, I explained to them, okay, when you when your hips comes to your hands and you're closing on the way down, that's when you should pull for that full. Got it. So in a perfect world, you know, they're doing a layout, they're spinning on the way down, they're already landing with their chest up, they see the floor, they're engaged, they engage their core, they engage, you know, their glutes, and then they they land, everything's great. Perfect. Okay, then I explain to them, I go, listen, in order to do a double full, you're going to basically put a twist in front of a full. So you're going to put a, a full in front of a full. You cannot put a full on the back end of your full. So what that means is when I do a layout and I'm twisting on the way down in a full, 
that's great. What I'm going to then do for a double is when my feet come over my head, I'm going to start in, start pulling for that first twist. Once I pull for that first twist, I should be done with that first twist right when I would then throw a full, which then I throw the second twist. So I'm putting a full in front of a full. If your fulls are immediately already on the way up, there's no more room. There's no room to put the, you can't put it on the back end. So yeah. it ha so your full has to be, your timing on your full has to be good, which is a layout. So, you know, sometimes we'll see a full and it pikes down and I'm like, you're not doing enough of a layout. You're, you know, you're not, you're twisting too early or you see them shift to the side. You're like, you're dropping your shoulder. All means the same thing. You're not doing a layout. So we train back the layout, which they, you know, they don't like to do. Athletes don't, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to do a true, true layout, right? Of course, we all know this. So the true layout is the secret to a double full. It's making sure that you're hollowing out and you're bringing your toes up over your head. So the way I train this is for familiarization only, I teach a one and a half on the tumble track. So I'll teach a handspring, handspring, you know, standing two back handspring to a one and a half. So I'll do a full and then a half out of it. If the athlete's able to land standing up in a one and a half with their arms up like this, so they'll, I'll teach layout, full, open up one. If the athlete is able to land a one and a half, that means their timing is correct for a double full. What you're going to find is if they're going too early and they go for a one and a half, they're going to land it short and they're going to land on their back, the one and a half. That means that they went too early for a double full. So I teach a full half out and then they land with their arms up. Okay, great. Do it again. Full half out, land with your arms up, rebound half turn. Great. Full half out with your arms up, land. Now pull for the half, for the other half. Great. Do it again. And then eventually they'll, now I'm like, okay, now do a full, stay in it, same time. And then they wrap for a double fold. Yep. So, and it's like, voila. Literally. Dude, Rob, that was a great explanation. Yeah. <laughs> Let majority of them, they'll accidentally double with their arms up. They won't even, they, they'll get, they'll start getting like one and three quarters with their arms up and they get really, really excited. See what I mean? Because your timing is right. If your timing is right, you stay hollowed out. And if you stay hollowed out, what happens? You go higher and you spin quicker, which is the two things we need in a double full. Go higher and spin quicker. Got it. Basic 101. How do I get a full to a double? Go higher, spin quicker. Got it. So what did that, what does that require me to do? Stay hollowed out, a layout. So that's the way I explain it to my athletes. Love it. That was great, Ramel. You're, you're killing it. Here we go. Let's move on to E for equipment. So what's some of your favorite equipment to use in the gym? So I always like to use the, I mean, I'm, we're spoiled. So I like to use the tumble track. Everything on the tumble track I do from standing. Then I go to the rod floor. I'll, you know, I'll do it from a two-step or a power hurdle, and then I'll bring you to the floor. When I bring you to the floor, when I ask you, are you ready to go to the floor? Because you're, I, I know you're ready. I know you're ready, and I'm not going to stand there. You're going to nail it because I, I have, I'm fully confident. In you. But before we do that, it's okay. I'm not going to rush you. We're going to take our time on the tumble track. You know, we'll like, let's say if I'm trying to teach you a tuck, right? We'll, we'll start off on the tumble track. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Arms up, open tuck, land. Great. Then we're going to go back handspring tuck, right? Back handspring, rebound, open tuck. Tough. Outstanding. Then we'll do it again. A few times. Got it. Then you're going to do it by yourself. Then I'm going to let you close into it so you can rotate. Then I'm going to bring you to the to the tumble track. I'm sorry, to the rod floor. And we're going to two-step it. We're going to two-step round off hand spring, open tuck with the spot, and then two-step round off hand spring by yourself, close. And then I'll bring you to the floor where you could either do a two-step or run. So it's just a transition. It, like in a perfect world, again, we're, we're spoiled here. So I'm going to do tumble track, rod floor, which then prepares me for the floor. If Dude. I didn't have any of that, but I didn't have any of that, probably an eight inch mat. I love eight inches. Eight inch mats, man, it's the way to go. 
We could do so many things with that. We could do backhand springs. We could do, you know, we could do the backhand springs, rebound back on. We could do speed training for backhand springs. We could stack up eight inches where you land your hands on one part, your feet on the other. So we could do speed training. So if I, you know, if I could pick anything besides the tumble track and the rod floor, you know, give me an eight inch mat and we're good to go. You had that drill when I saw you at the conference last summer at the uh, the tumbling conference, the one in Dallas. You had that one speed training drill where you made like the stairs. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. Like I, I ate that drill up and then you did the other drill where you put the kids at the back of the um, of the tumble track and they had to tumble like onto the crash pit. And I, I absolutely like we came back. I was using that every single day during the summer last year. And I'm about to bust it out again this week. So yeah. thank you so much, dude. Romero, yeah, that, 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 that left, that's that eight inch that I'm talking about with the level change, man. The steps, it changed my world for wonderfuls. Changed my world. Once I saw that and I we started doing it, it changed everything for speed training for wonderfuls. Yeah. And you said that I'm gonna give you I give you more flowers because you said this and I knew this, but the way you said it, it was just the way you said it was just perfect. And you said the athletes always need to be getting a better, faster backhand spring. If they, you know, they they start off with two to tuck, they need to have a better, faster backhand spring to get a one to tuck. And they need to have a better, faster backhand spring to get, you know, a two to lay right. and then a one to lay. And they, that continues to go all the way to their one to whip double. And I was like, no, he's right. Like it's always a better, faster, stronger backhand spring. They need to be trained. So you always need to be training that round off that cancering speed and power, right. you know, throughout the, you know, throughout their whole progression. So yeah, dude, Ramel, you training, man. Truly are. Training is the way to go. You're a blessing, man, to the industry. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Tell the people who've been amazed by you. If they want to be able to follow your journey or, you know, support Tumble for Troops or just, you know, just keep in touch with you, reach out to you for a clinic, how can they do that? Well, you'll find me on Instagram at Ramel underscore Osuna. That's R-O-M-M-E-L underscore O-S-U-N-A. You could also follow us at Tumble for Troops at Instagram as well. You know, if you guys send me a message, I always answer them. I always, you know, answer videos or give tips or whatever you need. You know, we're here to share our knowledge and, you know, everybody get better. So I'm all about that. Dude, Ramel, thanks for coming on the show again. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. Well, thank you for having me, man. Looking forward to it. So can't wait to see you soon, brother. Yeah, man. All right, guys, let's get to a break. And when we... Jay.